You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Preppy Podcast. I'm so glad you guys are here. Today we have a fun episode with Mimi of the Tiny Tassel. I love her colorful creations. What started as tassel earrings is now so much more than that. She has beaded earrings as well. Um, She has clutches, clothing, and even her own flagship store. So we're going to talk all about that and how she's grown and expanded over the years. Before we jump into the interview, though, I want to remind you guys that if you could rate and review the podcast, that would mean so much to me. And of course, also if you could share it. So if you love the podcast, I love when people screenshot that they're listening to it or uh, share the images from the Instagram on their stories and tell people to go and check it out and listen because that means the world to me. And I know uh, my interviewees that I'm interviewing, it also means a lot to them if you really enjoy their episode. So please go ahead and do that. And now let's get into this week's episode. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? I'm Mimi Striplin, founder of The Tiny Tassel, a really colorful, joyful boutique here in Charleston, South Carolina. And I design and hand make the pieces here with my mom and our team. I love that. I've been following along with you on social media for years. And I was trying to remember the first product I bought of yours. And I think it might have been like a little tassel uh, bracelet with some blue and white beads on it, or it was like a gingham skirt. I can't remember which one. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool to hear from our customers that have been with us over the last seven years. We've grown and evolved from me just starting out handmaking the tassel earrings to now offering so many more beautiful products. That's so fun. I've loved watching you grow. So before we get into the growth, though, I want to take it back further to the beginning. So what was your childhood like? Like, were you always someone that's been into design and um, cutting pages out of fashion magazines or maybe crafting and making clothes for your dolls? Like, talk to me about you as a child. So I definitely have always loved fashion. My mom has been sewing and designing my entire life. She went to fashion school in Tokyo where she grew up. And so I know she's always influenced my style and my creativity, but I was always like the least artistic of my sisters. And so it is still kind of like a pinch me that I'm the one in a creative career and designing and selling pieces that are like coming from my brain um, because I was always the one that like couldn't draw or like had these like self-put limitations in my mind. So it's really cool now to see and to tell others that like you don't have to be the most artistic or the most creative. You just have to love what you do and you can start from there. Definitely. And that shocks me that you're the least creative in your family. Like I I can't imagine your whole family then because you, I feel like are just so creative and talented. Um, And I also think that lends itself to saying 
sometimes um, with entrepreneurs, like you're the the business mind of it, or uh, Mm -hmm. you just need to hire the right people to execute the ideas, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that because like our business now, my mom heads the design of our clothing. My sister helps with designing our beaded earrings. And so I've definitely learned over the years, like, let me step into the place that I'm good at, which is the business and the branding and marketing side of it and bring in team members that can truly like kill it in those places of our business. For sure. Um, Which then leads me to my next question. Like where and what did you study uh, when it came time for college? Was it something in business and marketing then maybe? So I graduated from the College of Charleston in 2014 and I studied corporate communication. And I thought that I was going to go on to be this really cute PR girl. We've all seen Sex in the City and had that like glamorized idea in our brains about public relations. And my senior year, my internship, I just thought, oh my gosh, I cannot do this as a career. Like I don't want to do this as a career. And so I had this like shift right at the end of my college career. But through high school and college, I'd worked in retail and I'm one of those people that some call me crazy, but I love retail. Like I'm not just working that job just to make money and to get a paycheck, but I genuinely loved being able to style outfits and connect with customers. And so I knew after college that I wanted to stay in Charleston and I also wanted to work in retail and try to start a career in that. That is so funny because I feel like I'm the opposite of that. I grew up being like, I want to own my own boutique. I want to be in fashion. Then I went to school and I have, I do have a degree in fashion merchandising and communications PR, but through those classes, I was like, oh my gosh, sewing and making and like retail is so hard and not what I'm strong at. So I ended up doing the opposite and going the, the communications PR route. So it's funny and it takes a little bit of, you know, testing things out, right? And finding mm-hmm. where you're best fit and what your strengths are and what what you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And it's so funny to hear you say that because we definitely like switched roles, but we both are doing things that we clearly love and that we are doing so well that it's, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned over the years is to just be open to change, whether it's pivoting or shifting or leaning into something that we didn't even know we loved so much. Definitely. You have to be open to to finding new things and accepting different things and trying different angles. I love that. So now um, you have this degree in communications, but you found a passion for retail and um, marketing and more on the fashion side. What was your first career then after college? What did you do? Did you go right into having your own business or was there something in between? No, I went right into menswear and I'd never worked in menswear before. It was very traditional. It's a shop here in Charleston that's considered higher end. So it was really interesting and it was a great learning experience for me to learn how to connect with a new type of customer. Um, Number one, them being men. Number two, them being mostly older. Most of our clients were about 50 to 70 years old. So that was just a totally new space for me. But from being in that role, I realized like, wow, I can sell anything. And once you have that realization, I think it gives you an extra boost of confidence, especially when I went to start my own business within that next year. I just thought, wow, if I can sell these like 
$40 socks in a menswear store, I can definitely make a cute earring and learn how to market it and sell it and find my customer that wants that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I didn't realize that you got started in menswear. And you're so right, especially I feel like men, women buy because of um, like on emotion, I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. times or trends. And guys really, I feel like to sell to guys must have been so hard because they buy truly like if their sock has a hole in it now and they absolutely need it or like they're so much more convincing to guys and proving, I feel like. Yes. And it was very just like factual just um, very specific shopping of like, this is what I need this suit for. This is what I need this shirt for. And just very practical, even though it was a luxury high-end store. So it was a really great learning experience for me. But during that time there in 2015, I decided to start the Tiny Tassel. And everyone always asks like, how did it get started? And it was truly just like a on a whim kind of thing that quickly grew into something serious for me that I saw the potential of it and was like, hey, like I'm going to work hard and set some goals and really try to leave my full-time job to pursue this. And after about a year of doing both, I was able to do that. And I did tons of pop-ups around Charleston, um, in Charlotte, Atlanta, even Dallas, where my sister lives, just to build the brand and spread the name and get more customers shopping with us. And that was a really fun time where I was able to truly immerse myself in the brand. And now I look back and it's so humbling to see pictures from that time and to know like how hard I was working and literally packing up my car every weekend to go to another city to do a pop-up. And it's really special to think back on that time and to think of how the company has grown so much. Yeah, no. So when you launched the Tiny Tassel, what did you launch with? Was it jewelry or um, what was the product that the first product you made? Yeah. So I launched with our signature tassel earrings, which are still some of our best selling products today. And I launched it in hot pink. It was one pair of tassel earrings and quickly added on more colors. And so we started to be known as this company in Charleston. And I even say we back then, because I had this mindset always that I would have a team and I would be able to grow and have a team that worked with me. But I started with just those signature tassel earrings. And then over time, over the next few months after starting, customers would ask for bracelets and necklaces. And I kind of laugh at some of the pictures of products that I sold in the past because you can tell that I did not, I had clarity on what I wanted to do, but I also didn't at the same time Mm -hmm. because I was making like any and every style of tassel jewelry that someone asked for. And I quickly realized that that was not sustainable and that I really had to hone in on my personal style and what I loved, which was colorful things, pink. Um, I always loved chinoiserie and have had that just love for blue and white things. And so that quickly became my signature style. And shortly after, um, I begged my mom to make clothing for my brand. And after a few months of begging her, she finally said yes. And that really came about because all of the photos that I was sharing on social media or on my website at the time, customers would message and ask, hey, where is that top from? And it was from like some other store that I wasn't selling or making any money off of. And I just thought, wow, I have this amazing designer and resource in my back pocket. 
And I could be really sharing some beautiful pieces and making other women feel comfortable and love our pieces just as much as I was with the pieces that she was just making me for fun. So it's been really cool to now have our tassel jewelry still that we're handmaking here in Charleston, our clothing that my mom is designing and making. And then we now have added on this really cool collection of beaded jewelry and accessories that we've kind of um, come to be known for. Mm-hmm. So with those beaded um, accessories, I assume you guys aren't like stitching them up yourselves. So I'm sure that was another hurdle is finding the right manufacturers and the right partners, which I think a lot of people um, struggle with that with business. So what was the process like for that? Was it you know, taking to Google, was it because your mom was sort of in the industry already? So you guys were able to ask questions and find the right fit. Um, I feel like that's a question people always wonder about. It's like, how do you find the right people to, to produce what you're thinking in your mind? Yeah. So the beaded jewelry collection came about because we had so much demand and so many shoppers coming to us the summer of 2020 and that spring season. And I just thought, oh my gosh, we have to have something else that we aren't making Mm -hmm. because the fact of hand making pieces, like it's time consuming. And sometimes it's not the most efficient and sustainable way to run your business. And so I started searching for beaders because Beaded jewelry was becoming more and more popular, but of course we wanted to set ourselves apart and be able to design our styles in-house. And so I actually found someone on Instagram and I always go back to the power of Instagram just because I've been able to grow my business so much through this tool, but also find so many vendors, so many partners through it. And it was definitely a risk to take because our beaters are in India and it easily could have been like a scam account. And <laughs> I just like hunkered down and I did my research. I like did my due diligence and just said, okay, like if I'm going to try this, I've just got to take this risk and obviously not invest hundreds and thousands of dollars, but be smart about it to make sure that the return from this investment was legitimate. And so it was really cool to find that just from Instagram, we were able to connect with another small business that still to this day beats all of our earrings and accessories And we were able to grow with them. And it's been really cool to see how their business has grown because we've had such a high demand. Um, And it's really, really special that we get to work with a small business and not just like have them mass produced from a robot. Definitely. I love that. And I think that's great advice for anyone listening. Like the power of Instagram, I feel like social media obviously has its its negatives, but there's also so many great things out there. Like you can connect with manufacturers, you can connect with friends. I've made so many friends uh, through Instagram that then I am friends with in real life, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love that little tidbit. And I also think you know, you taking a risk. And now I'm sure it's probably one of your most popular products. I mean, your beaded bridal stuff is so cute as a bride-to-be. I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) Thank you. It's been so much fun because we get to create like these bridal collections. We've done Halloween collections, back to school, like all of these fun collections that we get to like dream up and draw 
and see it come to life, but also not have the stress and pressure of either adding more jewelry makers to our team or having to like perfect that skill and invest in that Mm in-house. So that was something that we definitely had, or my mindset had to shift around it because I was so used to marketing, like all of our pieces are handmade by our team here in Charleston. And we had to shift a bit in order to grow and to add that onto our business. Definitely. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier is, yeah, being able to be open to new ideas and new ways of doing things and and shift and move when you need to. Yes. So I want to talk about your store now um, because it's on my list next time I'm in Charleston. I have to stop by. It looks so cute. So talk to me about um, the reason behind opening it, uh, what the thought process was, and kind of what, what you carry in there. Yeah. So – We opened our flagship store in March of 2021. I signed the lease in September of 2020. I think everyone thought I was losing my mind because (laughs) I decided to take that risk and sign a lease for a storefront when the pandemic was like just really in the height of it. And it turned out to be such an amazing risk that I decided to take. It's such a joyful, happy space. It allows us to create this experience for our customers who have been following along or finding us on Instagram or the internet. And now they get to walk into a real life space and feel all of these happy, joyful, um, colorful feelings when they walk in and kind of have their senses awakened. Mm -hmm. And it's been so special to be able to welcome everyone in. We've had customers from Charleston locals to international customers that have followed along on Instagram and just had us at the top of their list, which is such an honor. Um, And of course, with it being in downtown Charleston, that comes different trials and different issues that we've had to learn to work through as a business. And it's been really special to be in our neighborhood that we're in. Um, Even over the last few months, our neighborhood has kind of shifted and grown where it's become more of a retail um, kind of place to go in Charleston again. And I love seeing our customers come and they tell us that they've like gone across the street to grab a coffee and sandwich. And then they started their day and like went down the street and just shopped for hours. So I love seeing how it's transformed and being a part of that by having our storefront. Definitely. That sounds like such a great little community that you have right there. Um, And it sounds like a great way to portray the tiny tassel lifestyle and for people to see it all in one place and experience it. And if they go in there, are you there some of the days so they can meet you? So I am there some of the days. I used to be in the store every day. And one of the goals when I opened the store was that I truly wanted to build an establish a team so that we could continue to grow and to really just expand more and more in different ways. And so now I'm not in the store every day and I miss it. And I truly have to like pull myself out of the store. I have to like set timers and reminders on my phone to tell me to leave the store. (laughs) Or else I'm there and I'm just like chatting it up, taking pictures with customers, like shopping with them for hours, because I truly do love the retail experience and Mm -hmm. the fact that I get to share all of the things that I love and that we're designing with someone who comes in and they're so excited about it. It's still really surreal some days that I get to do this as my job and get to share this with others. 
That is so fun. It, it's definitely on my list when I'm there next, hopefully in October. Uh, so you also, though, carry some other brands, correct? Like you curate, I think you have some um, greeting cards and some fun other pieces. So how do you sort of um, pick what you want to carry in the shop and curate that? Yeah, when I opened the flagship store, I knew that I wanted it to be more than just our products. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to put an emphasis on Black and Asian-owned brands and women-owned brands because that's what I represent. And we offer different Black-owned brands from skincare to jewelry that's handmade in Charleston. We have our signature candle line that's handmade in Charleston. And so it's been really special to be able to highlight these other brands in our store, create lifelong customers for them, tell their stories to our customers who then become their customers. And it allows us to just be a part of a bigger impact, a greater purpose other than just selling our things. Definitely. I love that. I love that, you know, it's not that you're giving back in the sense that it, it's uh, charity work, but that you're able to now you have this great store and you can curate other businesses that you love and then, you know, maybe give some attention to them and introduce people uh, to these new brands and support them. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it truly makes our store better. It makes us so unique because our customers can come in and shop different jewelry pieces, whether it's clay jewelry or our tassels or acrylic pieces. And they're so happy to discover these brands or to come in and know that they can come to our shop to always find them. It makes us so happy to be able to share that space. Wow, that's really cool. So, you know, we talked about a little bit how um, your business has kind of exploded in the last couple of years. I feel like watching you grow on social media and you're able to grow your team. So how do you manage growth and scaling? Like, do you have any tips or advice for someone who might be experiencing this themselves? Gosh, growth and scaling. I feel like I could write a mini book on it about the things you should you to do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And it's truly because I had no clue when it first hit me in 2020, I didn't have a team. My best friend came and worked with me and we would sit in my apartment from like 9am to midnight some days, just trying to figure out how to get through all the orders, which was such an amazing blessing. But it forced me into scaling and expanding very quickly. And I even think back to then Hiring and growing a team was so hard because I remember having to stop and think this was like July of 2020, like, okay, if we hire this person, they have to come to my apartment and be in the small space around us. Like, how do we monitor COVID and all these different things that were such big factors. And now it's still such a big part that I'm learning every day, whether right now we're hiring a marketing coordinator and going through that process um, and just shifting and transitioning to be able to continue to match our customers' demand. But I would just say to anyone listening out there that may be experiencing like a forced growth to just take a step back, breathe, and truly look at bigger picture if you can and say, okay, if what I'm doing every day is that working towards these bigger goals that I have in my mind, or is it just busy work? Because I got so caught up in that and still do to this day where I have to kind of pull myself out of the day-to-day -day routines and really kind of reevaluate what am I working towards here? 
That's really good advice. And I think even someone who's not necessarily going through this huge growth at the moment, I think a lot of just entrepreneurs and business owners, they get stuck in that too. I feel like as a creative, you wear so many hats and Mm -hmm. things are pulling you in different directions. And it's kind of like your brain, you have all these tabs open all the time. So I'm sure like that's such helpful information just to anyone. And it's definitely been an adjustment since over the last year and a half, being able to grow a team to kind of take some of those hats off were Mm -hmm. such an adjustment. And if you were like me before, like type A, have to like have your hands on things to know that it's getting done correctly, it's a hard shift and transition to hand over full tasks and full parts of your business. But I would just say, welcome it and do it. Let those things go because that's the only way that you can truly grow by kind of letting go of some of those things and giving that to someone else, empowering someone else on your team to be able to step in and take on that role. And that has been one of the most powerful things in our brand. And Not to say that some days I catch myself micromanaging and like standing over someone's shoulder, literally being like, hi, what are you doing? um, It's just one of those things that I'm truly working at every single day because we get different challenges every day that affect our team or affect our customers that we have to quickly like figure out how to deal with. Definitely. And I like how you put you know, by doing this, you're empowering, you know, one of your employees, someone that works for you. I think that's a good spin on it. Instead of being like, oh, well, like I have to give this up. I don't necessarily want to. I like to like, Mm -hmm. no one likes to micromanage, but I'm the same type of person that like, I just feel like it's not done perfect if I don't have a touch in it. Um, So I like, you know, the positive spin is like, no, like you're helping this other person grow and learn. You're empowering them. Uh, So that that's a great little spin on it. So what, um, would you say is the hardest part about what you do? Is it that, you know, letting go sort of, is it the scaling or what in the business aspect would you say is the biggest challenge for you or something maybe you're not naturally good at and have to work extra hard with? I think my biggest challenge has been stepping into a leadership role and really figuring out a balance there, whether it is the boundaries that I set between myself and our customers or myself and our team members. Um, That's been something that I actively work on every day. And I'm very transparent and vocal about it to our team as well, because most of our team members are either my age or around the same age. So there's also this really cool dynamic that we have that we all can come in and feel comfortable But there's also like the dynamic of working with my mom, who is my mother and like (laughs) twice my age and has all this experience, but also leans on me for um, more of like the current view of marketing and style because I can kind of speak to our customers in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really interesting and really hard to just find my space in that leadership role without feeling like I'm giving too much of myself to the business or to the team or either detaching so much thinking that I have like good boundaries set, but I'm actually just like putting a wall up to protect myself. And so 
it's been one of the hardest things. And I talked to some of my friends who have also been building teams and we all get to this point some days where we're just like, oh my gosh, how are we responsible for like a whole company and a whole team? But then we all like shake it off and we're like, okay, back to work, like focus, (laughs) get that off our chest for a sec and then go back to work and focus. Definitely. I wish there was some book, honestly, like I have the same struggle with managing a team is because, you know, you don't, you want to give some advice and you want to give some structure, but then like, you still want to seem nice and friendly and cool. And it's just like, I don't know. I feel like other generations, I don't know if they haven't gone through this, but I haven't found a good book on leadership for like small business or, um, creative businesses. It's all more uh, corporate or, you know, much older demographics. So if you find a book on this, let me know. Yes. So I struggled with that too. And one of the things, and this is like a shameless plug to them because it's helped my business so much, but I did not recognize the value in like having a business coach and a community that I could turn to who were all in the same space or like going through the same things in business as me. And um, I have a business coach through a program called The Brim. Her name's Sally Holder. And it's been really amazing because she was a corporate lawyer and turned entrepreneur. And so she's able to just talk through with us like, okay, you don't have to be nice, but you can still be kind. And like, Everything from that in a leadership role to like, okay, this is how you can communicate to your customers in a different way. And that's been really encouraging and helpful. And it's even helped me realize that I love that part of the business and I love being able to share more of that to our customers and my friends and other business owners in my community, because it is such a thing that we are lacking, um, especially as women entrepreneurs, we don't have a great resource that we can always turn to for that. No, definitely. And I love Sally. I read her book. I ate it up. I was so bummed I couldn't attend the conference that she did um, a few months ago, but I know she has some coming out in the fall. So I'm definitely going to look into those because I've, I've heard great things. And when I've met her in person um, at other speaking engagements, I just love her. Yes, she's amazing. And their whole team is so awesome. And the different businesses that I've been able to connect with through the business coaching has been so awesome. Like there is like a, I think it's like a tire, it's some kind of manufacturing company, but it's woman owned and I would have never connected with her, but I learned so much hearing her stories. So just staying open and hearing from other entrepreneurs has been so helpful. Yeah, I love that. So on the flip side to, you know, the hard and the challenging part, what's the best part? Like, what are you so happy that you're able to do like with your business or because of your business? Gosh, being able to share the products. And I know that sounds so simple, but it is so special to me. I still like geek out when I see someone in real life wearing one of our products, whether it's a five-year-old pair of tassel earrings or one of our newest dresses walking down King Street and even seeing them walking around town with our shopping bags is so cool because that means that they love our products and that they appreciate our brand and just like respect our brand enough to spend their money with us and to like then take those products out into the world, wear them with so much pride, feel confident when they're wearing them 
tell their friends about it. It's such a cool thing that I get to be a part of that with our brand because growing up and even now to this day, I have brands that I love and that I shop from. And I feel like I've become this ambassador of these other brands. And to know that we have this community of tassel lovers or color lovers that just love our brand and share it is so special to me. That is. That's so special. And I'm sure like a full circle moment, right? It's when you're designing these pieces and then seeing them actually out there in the wild, as we say, and uh, (laughs) knowing that someone else you know, appreciates it and and loves it and admires it and wants it in their life is so cool. Yeah, it definitely is. It's still a pinch me moment. Sometimes I'm like walking around Charleston and I'm like, someone pinch me. Like, did I just see a group of girls like walk past all decked out in their tiny tassel earrings or outfits? So cute. So now Let's talk about like um, who would your dream, whether it's a collab, like maybe another brand or a person to to sort of co-design something with you or maybe someone uh, to wear the tiny tassel. Like it could be a royal, a celebrity, an influencer, um, or maybe like a past icon that's no longer with us, but you think it's like so the brand. Oh, gosh. We have been so, so blessed and so many cool opportunities over the last few years to see some of these dreams, like wear our pieces and people that I never even thought would love our pieces and wear them, um, shout them out and wear them and share them. But one of my dreams, gosh, I would say it's so funny, but I have always loved her, Martha Stewart. Yes. (laughs) When I was growing up, I thought that I was like going to be the next Martha Stewart. And I loved summer break because I got to stay home and watch Martha Stewart every day when it came on. (laughs) And I think that's where some of my love for like doing DIYs and crafting and like loving blue and white things even more and like beautiful florals and colors and just putting together and curating beautiful things. I think it came from my love of Martha Stewart. And I I love that. That is such a good answer. (laughs) And I love that now, like following her on Instagram, she has such a great sense of humor. So I'm like, yes, she would be a tiny tassel gal. Like I could see her rocking some of our fun garments or earrings or one of our bracelets or necklaces. All right. I love that. We're putting it out in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) So since this is the Preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? Like, how would you describe it? Gosh, my vision of preppy has changed over the years because I had a very preppy style growing up. It was like, gosh, a shirt dress or button down shirt. And um, I loved all of the crisp and cleanness of preppy style. But over the years, I love that that has evolved in a way where we still have that true classic almost like New England prep style that we see through J. Crew and some of these other brands. But we also have this new space, um, like we talked about before, my friend Victoria, her blog, Prepford Wife, and she's created this new space for, I would say, like current day preppy women and preppy black women, because we didn't see that more recently or more in the past. And it's really cool to see how the word preppy has changed. And I still consider my style sort of preppy, but it's definitely become more vibrant and colorful. 
And I love that I can still be in that space and have some products that we sell that are preppy and that speak to the preppy lover, um, but also be in the space where we just have really colorful, cool pieces that anyone can be attracted to. Definitely. And yes, I love Victoria and her style. She is a great follow if anyone's listening and doesn't follow her yet. She, and even her house is just beautiful too. It's so beautiful. I always tell her and Marcus that their house is like my home away from home. I love being able to visit them because it feels like I'm going back to like a childhood home that I did not grow up in, but it just (laughs) feels like that. So it's really special to be able to be a part of their world and see their world through their eyes too. Definitely. So when it comes to inspiration, like whether it's business inspiration or maybe new product designs, um, where do you get inspiration from? I find inspiration everywhere, but also nowhere. (laughs) And I say that because there are times as a designer, you can feel so uninspired or you feel kind of burnt out, like you're constantly having to put out new designs and new pieces and like reinvent the wheel. But I'm also so inspired by just being able to live in Charleston. It's such a beautiful, colorful, vibrant city. And I am so lucky to be able to take walks every morning and to kind of have all of that inspiration just like flowing through me. And it comes out later on when we're designing, say, a new fabric print. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I saw this beautiful window box full of flowers and we should pull those colors into our next design. So it's really cool to be inspired through the city that I live in. I love being able to travel and see the style in other cities. And I was just in Paris and it was so cool. Everything from all the cafe chairs lining the streets to like this cute ice cream shop that we went to. It was so inspiring. And just seeing those elements there made me think, wow, we can bring this back into an earring design or into a shirt design for the spring and be able to tell a really cool story and connect our customers with it. Oh, so is there going to be like a little Paris collection or some Paris inspired pieces then coming out? I think so. And it's fun because we get to do things that are so literal like that, that are like very much inspired by a place or a thing. But we can also take it kind of abstractly and just have some of the stripes or colors um, into our design. So it'll be really fun to see how that all like comes out of my brain into like real life pieces. (laughs) Oh, I cannot wait. (laughs) So speaking of products, what is the bestseller um, from your collection, would you say? So our bestseller is still our tassel earrings, but over the years, it's been really cool to see how our customers are not just buying one product and that's it. They're coming and they're buying a pair of tassels and a bracelet and a headband and a shirt that matches, which is really, really special that they feel like they can come to us and come and like build out their whole wardrobe or their whole outfit with us for special occasions or regular day to day. And so it's been really, really awesome to see our clothing um, section of our business grow over the last two years, because that was something that was just like in addition to our jewelry, but we never knew that it would be like the forefront of the business. So that's been a really cool transition for us. Oh, that is so fun and interesting. They can go to you for the whole look. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So what would you say is your favorite piece right now personally? Oh gosh, that's always so, so hard Um, because I truly love all of our pieces that we offer in the shop. Right now, I'm currently sitting here wearing a new shirt dress that we designed Mm -hmm. and we're launching it really soon for the fall. And it's one of my favorites because I love to create things that are comfortable, but also they make you feel great. Like it's not like you're sitting here like wearing pajamas, which I love all of my fun pajamas that I have, but (laughs) I love being able to create these dresses and these garments that go along with like six different pairs or more of our earrings and truly create things that our customers will wear over and over year after year that I wear all the time. So I would say our new shirt dress because I've worn it like three times in the last couple of weeks. Oh, very fun. So when's that launching? Did you say October or just sometime this fall? So it's launching in September and it's a really beautiful, vibrant green. And we always used to do um, a big play on like gingham checks and stripes. And over the last year, we've kind of grown into embracing solids Mm -hmm. and also embracing really fun prints that we get to design. My mom and I designed them together. So we've got some really special clothing pieces coming for the fall. Oh, I cannot wait to see this. I love the color green. I'm a big green girl. So I'm excited for this one. (laughs) (laughs) So um, my final question is, where can people find you? Let everyone know uh, your website URL, your social media handle, and maybe where your shop's located in Charleston. Yeah, so you can find us at thetinytassel.com on social media at The Tiny Tassel. And of course, in our beautiful flagship store, we're located at 46 Spring Street in downtown Charleston, and we're open Monday through Saturday. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mimi. This was so fun learning more about you and your business. I'm glad we got to do this. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 